Take us away, uh, yeah, take it away, Ern. I'm Ern, okay. Thanks, Ern. Next stop, King's Landing. Ooh, Perfect. That we is our next stop. Next all stop of the King's traffic Landing. on the King's Road to land here. Guys, it's so nice to be back here, isn't it? Premiere day for another season of You don't the... sound excited enough, Eric. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Do oh, it again. Oh, what? Do it again. Premier Everyone's, day. It's premiere day. Everyone's listening. Do it again. Be loud, dance, throw, uh, shake maracas, play castanets. There we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Game of Owns. Eric is singing. Mike is listening to us quietly. It is premiere day. It is premiere day. <laughs> Only Eric can intro a show like that. So yeah. I figured, hey, step back, let him do his thing. You guys don't know how much I was paid just to do that little bit right there. <laughs> no, it's, you don't. It's pretty, pretty. Ha- I'm pretty happy with it. Five cents? Five uh, stars. Yeah, a nickel goes a long way. I'm very yeah. old-fashioned in that way. Well, I have to give credit where credit's due. We were speaking about recording the Friday episode this week, and Micah was like, why don't we do something else? And the idea sprouted into what's happening right now. This is your companion for the premiere day. We know that it's hard. We know that it's ridiculously hard. And we want to do whatever we can to help. So we're releasing the show now, today, on Sunday, as you wait only hours before the premiere of the first episode of season four. Two swords. Two swords. Two swords. <laughs> two swords. <laughs> well, I know that my premiere is going to be spent uh, with just a handful of friends, mm-hmm. the new Game of Thrones, Fire and, Ale, Red, Fire and Blood Red Ale. And uh, that's it. Just just a, a handful of, of buddies around a TV. That is it. That's all. That's all in, in, my, in my living room. Uh, on a non-HD TV, of all things. Wow. So 40 That's crazy. inches or so. I can't really get rid of it um, because it's just too heavy to throw out the window. Um, oh, yeah. That's a big-ass TV. That, that's going to be my, my viewing experience. What do you, what I don't do you even know how you got it into your apartment, by the way. Uh, but that's, that's a story for another – oh, yeah, you told Piano that story. Movers I told, to do I, told, it. I told you. I think I've told it on this show to two guys. Yeah, you did, actually. One strapped it to his back. The other spotted him down a spiral staircase. It's excellent. But what, what are you guys doing for the premiere then tonight? Micah, you've seen it probably in better substance than I have because I had the review copy from ages ago. So the visual effects weren't even finished in some parts. Oh, wow. It was smaller than uh, a normal size of the screen. Like it, the, the resolution was low, much lower than what you probably saw in Brooklyn. Or maybe equal because you were so far away from the screen. So actually, <laughs> no, we might was, be equal. I was close, first of all. Secondly, oh, okay. it was a big screen. So <laughs> oh, I forget you had the good seats, yes. Yes, uh, you were very nice in hooking me up with those uh, that ticket. Thank Literally you. right in front, in the center, on the floor, where the basketball team would normally be playing. So, so were you looking straight up good. at the? Uh, were you looking straight up at straight the TV? ahead? Straight ahead. Oh, straight ahead. Okay. At the TV, yes, it was a massive. <laughs> it was the same TV. Five hundred inch room, plasma screen. <laughs> it was the scoreboard, right? Like normally. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a projection screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, every time someone was killed, the buzzer went off. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> All right, no let's spoilers, go back no in this conversation. All yeah, right, Eric so was asking us how we're going to we watch doing? things. Uh, well, right now, I mean, I don't have any big plans to watch it. I, I think what you're doing uh, sounds like a lot of fun, Eric, and I hope to do more of that uh, in the future. There's actually a bar in New York City called Professor Tom's that has viewing parties every week, and I've heard it's a lot of fun, but I also heard it gets very crowded and you have to get there early. Uh, so I don't. Oh, that think... sounds horrible. <laughs> you you got to hang out with uh, Darth Rachel and the lunch yeah. people. Uh, I forget their their group name that they said. The Lunchkins. L- the... No. <laughs> oh, she's gonna be so upset if we don't fire and lunch. It. Something moot. Fire and lunch. Right. Thank you. Fire and lunch. Uh, yeah. You got to hang out with them more often, and uh, you know, go up to Cooperstown. I'm sure they screen it. 
uh, the brewery I'm going people. So right, you're getting off topic here. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I do plan on watching it again. I, I have to take my notes and I have to make sure that I'm watching carefully. I think one thing that I can do, which I won't have the luxury of doing with other episodes before we record our review podcast is to actually look for some different things that maybe I didn't catch the first time around. I do have my notes from Barclays Center, so I'm I'm going to do double duty here. I'm going to take another series of notes. I'm going to watch very closely. Uh, I, I really enjoyed episode one, so uh, I hope to enjoy it again. And I will have some of the new uh, Fire and Blood Red Ale. Uh, I bought some yesterday. Yeah, I went to nice. the, uh, the local package store here in uh, good old Long Island. Uh, of course, you're talking about um, or you, you should refrigerate it. Or I can take a beer glass and chill it in the freezer and then pour it in. Next level skills, Eric. Wow. Next I'm, level. I'm blown away by your connoisseurship. Um, to everyone listening that is underage, you can do the same thing with root beer, but make it off <laughs> draft because draft root beer is so good. I love it. It tastes like vanilla, straight vanilla. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many people are underage that are listening. I'm, I'm sure there's a huge fan base for Game of Thrones under 21, but I think I'm going to try to do the same thing that you're doing, Eric. I haven't thought about it until right now. Maybe I should prepare those kinds of things a little bit better, but um, I think I'm going to try to do something fun for it tomorrow night. It, it, whatever we do, it's got to be you know in a controlled environment enough for us to visit Goo only minutes after it airs. So, and I'm looking forward to recording right afterwards, and also still having some beer to drink. I think we should drink while we record this episode. That sounds like a terrible. Idea. I have some left. I could do that, but I kind of felt like saving it for a special occasion. I mean, that's what's, true. What's so special save about recording the first episode of season four? You should save it for a wedding. <laughs> okay, how's that? All right. Fine. I hear there's one coming up. <laughs> this particular episode, I think we're going to really take a look at what we want to see, not just in season four, but what we're looking forward to in episode one. We know the title. We got a description. There's been a lot of talk, particularly about the first couple of episodes and how they really deliver. I've seen a lot of reviews, and we did ask the listeners what they're most looking forward to. Uh, and we got a ton of tweets uh, that we're going to read and respond to throughout the course of the show. Uh, now, where do we start? I mean, if if we kind of went through the map, so to speak, of of Westeros, and we're looking at all the different characters that we left last season, you know, the the condition that we left them in, the the physical place that we've left them in, who are we really looking forward to here? We can start with John. John has made it back to the wall. He was in a little bit of a bad shape last time, and he got shot a few times with arrows right. uh, when yeah. he arrived Ooh, back there. So uncertain fate, though, one would think. Uh, not, not many people talked about that, but he was shot. I mean, everybody assumed that he was okay just because he fell <laughs> he off on the his red horse. Carpet. And yeah, well, that did. <laughs> he was on the red <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, a great can, can shaft a, a rabbit through the eye from 200 yards away, and she filled John with three arrows. So certainly there's some kind of issue to, to follow, but I, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be fine. And in the arms of Samuel Tarley. We all know yeah. that he has to uh, sit the iron throne one day, so. Do we? Oh, yeah. Everybody at least for that. a photo opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> all the people who haven't read. Uh, no, no, that Jon Snow is going to sit the Iron Throne. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> That's a popular theory. I'll, I will, uh, give you that. Uh, but no, let's, let's take a look though for Jon. We've seen a lot of previews. We've seen a lot of trailers. There's a lot of fighting going on at the wall. 
so yes, he he made it through uh, being pierced by arrows. Uh, but what lies in front of him? You're know, returning to the wall, and specifically with some of the brothers of the Night's Watch, he has forsaken his vows. You know, he has killed Corn Halfhand. He became a member of the Wildlings for a while, and now he's back. And he knows that Mance Raider and his army is marching. He knows that the White Walkers are, quote-unquote, alive uh, and well. And this seems like a lot for him to have to contend with this upcoming season. You know, this is just, if I can state overly to answer your question about what I'm looking forward to uh, in Season 4 or tonight's premiere, is just... The in-characterness of the show, and this sounds elementary, right? The actors can act. But the fact that this conflict even exists and is portrayed so really on screen that, oh no, his brothers are, you know, he took a vow and this, that, the other thing. Right. It's so fun to watch in the world and see. This is what I was, the reason I, I'm saying this now is because I recently have been rewatching season three. You're just going through it, and he's up north, uh, you know, in the White Walkers. Sam is running through the snow, and you're just like, man, there's real, like, conflict here. There's real sense of danger in this world. You forget how good it looks if you just take some time away from the show, as we did That's over, true. over the break. And really just how well polished this show is, how good the acting is constantly, how good the, the scene is said, how good it looks, man, I'm telling you. Really, that's what I'm looking forward to most is new stuff that looks just as good as the old stuff. Um, well, you're in for a treat, man. I, I cannot wait for the effects, the new characters, just to, because when a new character comes in in the show, it's like uh, I'm thinking most recently of Barristan, who was uh, who came in in season season three premiere. Um, he just shows up and you're just like, man, here's another puzzle uh, piece to this greater scheme of the narrative that's going through. And you just feel like you're in such good hands with Benioff and Weiss and their adaptation of the books. And the fact that I haven't read, you know, we know that Zach and I have not read. We've stayed away from book three and all the books after it as best we could. Um, really just th this show is how the two of us versus the two of you, Micah and, and Selena, who's not with us today. This is how we get to know about what is to come. And there's no more exciting fact than that. That this is how we are seeing this story is is visually and looking as beautiful as it does with these actors. So Jon Snow, I'm sure he'll have a great season. So will Sam. But just the fact that they can worry about whether or not he'll lose his head because he left his brothers is 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 really just awesome. And it's mm -hmm. the fact that it's part of a larger story with all these other larger conflicts is awesome. Yeah, yeah. and it's really great that Jon and Sam are going to seemingly come together in this after their time in the land of the free people. So how would they be changed and how will that affect them and their interactions at the wall? Because we haven't really seen Castle Black proper for such a long time. So going back with this restored budget, I, I, I kind of wrote about some of this as general as I can on Wiknet recently this week because it's a lot to take in when you're, when you're seeing what's been done so far in season four. But really, Eric, what you just said is, is mirrored so much because they know all of those facts and they know that the people are just as excited as you are. And they understand the feeling of 
adapting this book to the screen and trying to make it the best that they possibly can. So I think with what happened at the very end of season three and, and this like rising level of popularity going forward to the show, the pressure was so much harder now to adapt these next parts so specifically. So I think that you can really see the, the level of detail in that because the pressure is really, really on. Yeah. It's uh, going to be a, an exciting season at the wall. Uh, I think that that's very much clear from the trailers and how that's all going to play itself out. We're just going to have to wait and see. As you Plus guys eventually, mentioned, eventually the creatures north of the wall have to hit the wall if they want to go south of the wall. Well, by creatures, do you mean wildlings or do you mean white walkers? Do you mean both? I mean the ones that have died before. Yeah, no, you're you're right. At some point, that has to come to a head. Uh, but at least for right now, we know uh, that Mance Raider and his army uh, is is marching on the wall from the north, but that there's also a contingent that has been sent over the wall to right. attack from the south. So a lot is brewing in the north, and uh, of course we have a whole series of characters uh, who we left at the end of Season 3 uh, who have ventured or are beginning to venture beyond the wall. Uh, so while John and Sam are returning, Bran and Hodor and Mira and Jojen are on their way north. The world is just so big, and you really think of these pivotal moments in the series, like the wall is, has such a finality to it. It's like you're crossing the line there, you know, into the unknown. And uh, it's the same line, it's the same unknown that the uh, wildlings are trying to get away from. So it's 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 fun to see the two different you know yeah. sets of characters going opposite directions for different reasons. Yeah, you know, not having read the books, the question that I wanted to throw out there is: we hear a lot about the three eyed raven, but really, what is Bran's purpose going beyond the wall? I mean, what could possibly be there I, that I he's know. going to? I think he's I think he's stupid. I really don't think he should be north of the wall. I think his powers mean something, and. He's been seeing this recurring image so much. You know, I I just think there's got to be something to it. We just don't know it yet. You you always hear about well, follow your dreams. There's the saying, but he actually literally is doing that. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, in the most literal sense, yeah. <laughs> who who can fault him for that? The dreams are coming from somewhere, and if north of the wall there exists uh, some sort of answer um, in a tangible form, whether it's the children of the forest, and they're gonna you know, speak to him about it, or if he'll just find maybe a relic or, I don't know, a big ball of light. Uh, that it's is the master the source, sword. Source of all his, uh, yeah, his dreams, you know. That's in answers. Kokiri Forest, though. <laughs> he's he's the one character for whom answers may actually be up, you know, but it's twined in with the first men. I mean, he's got, the, he sees the three-eyed raven. He also has the, um, the warging capabilities. And it all comes from somewhere, and that somewhere has always been said to be north. So he's just going for his destiny, and why the hell not? You know, it's, it's really one of the only options left for him, considering how unsafe it is to be a Stark in Westeros, south of the Wall. Well, let's uh, go really far south right now. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the north. Let's talk about King's Landing, because there's a lot of characters there, and a lot is going to take place there this season, the Lannisters are in power. They have been uh, for really the the last two seasons. Um, and what are what are everybody's thoughts? We left Tyrion having uh, really fallen from power uh, at the beginning of season three, 
He's married to Sansa now. Shay doesn't seem too happy with him, but everybody loves Tyrion. Uh, so the hope is that he will be around for a long, long time to come. I'm guessing that as long as Oprah and Martell doesn't cause too much damage, he will be. Yes. So a new character, obviously, in, in Oberyn Martell, who we've seen a lot of in the previews. And we know his backstory from having read uh, the first two books. There's They touch on it a little bit. I forget exactly uh, what scenes uh, it's mentioned in, but clearly he has a vendetta against the Lannisters. Uh, if in fact the it was Tywin who gave the orders to the mountain uh, to kill his sister and his niece and his nephew. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that will all play itself out. And we know the mountain has been recast for what, the third time? Yep. Uh, who? who he that? likes to chop the heads off of horses. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Tell your father I'm here. Well, uh, either way, he's the hound's brother and the hound is more familiar. And more consistent uh, in the show. And I enjoy The Hound. I can't wait for Arya's uh, story. But, you know, you mentioned King's Landing. And King's Landing is, is the seat of power. It's it's where it, it's where it all is, is going on. And, you know, it's a little hard to speculate as to whether the Lannisters will be on top at the end of this season. You know, that's ten episodes away. Um, so ten, ten long episodes. And I think the Lannisters are probably on the whole, if I could prognosticate. Um, will remain in power throughout this season. But they'll probably suffer uh, some losses, like from Oberyn Martell, whatever he can dig up on them, um, and a number of other changes. And, then, and uh, Stannis' army is going to grow stronger. All this other stuff is going to happen to to challenge them. Yeah. I, I think we saw uh, Stannis licking his wounds a lot last season. It didn't really make much uh, of a power play aside from burning leeches in a fire uh, and, you know, reconnecting a bit uh, with Davos and establishing him uh, as really his, his right-hand man once again, despite Melisandre. So I want to see what Stannis's plan is going to be moving forward, you know, where he chooses to pick his battles and does he continue to follow this Lord of Light or does he go in another direction? Well, I think that we were left at such a, a high point with his character last season with him being the largest man in charge to get the message and to really take it seriously. The the words of what's coming from the North and, and the wildling situation in addition to the more supernatural stuff that's going on. Yeah, and his trick with the leeches was kind of cool too, <laughs> naming names. And then, of course, I always think of Dragonstone as being East, but I don't think it's East at all. Uh, it's certainly not es Essos, Essos where... Uh, which is the other land where Danny is, and Danny is is somebody who we've seen in the previews, the very limited pre. Well, I wouldn't say very limited previews we've had, because it seems like there are a lot of them. But Danny is in this huge city, and there's a, a throne room of some sort, and I think she's gonna come into it. Um, we're gonna actually see Danny have to rule the eight thousand slaves plus more she just freed. She has to people manage <laughs> on on such a, a macro scale. Um, in this season, and, and she's either going to come into the role of Misa uh, or have to let a lot of them, you know, go in order to achieve her goal. I, I hope it doesn't uh, distract her, you know, uh, having, you know, from her goal. Like, I hope there's not just a a, a season where she's like, I'm going to be more of a mother to these people and, and not, you know, kind of d and dig in. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and you want to see something begin to develop uh, for her in terms of making her way back west because ultimately that's what everybody 
is waiting for. I, I think even in the books, you get really kind of stuck on this side quest of hers. You could even call it. You know, she, <laughs> she's working her way through Slaver's Bay. You know, she's in Astapor, then she's in Yunkai, and now she's moving on to Marine uh, in this season. And she's really doing much of the same everywhere that she goes, right? She's freeing the people and she's giving them the choice to stay with her or to, you know, do their own thing. And, but ultimately it's their choice and the numbers are going to start to add up because let's face it, when you have that many mouths to feed and to take care of, uh, it can become burdensome. Uh, so, you know, as we've talked about on other shows, does freedom have its cost for a lot of these people? Uh, and has she, in fact, made them better off? That's a, a question probably we can spend an entire episode debating. But her dragons are growing. Um, she hasn't been very good at heeding counsel uh, from Jorah and from Sir Barristan. And Dario. Uh, and Dario, who has been recast this season. Uh, I heard I heard a ton about that from people that I work with. Um, they were very upset that the uh, man with the gold flowing locks, uh, or was it was it blonde? Was he a blonde? I can't remember. Yeah, it was dirty blonde. Dirty, dirty blonde. Yeah, he's yeah. not there it's anymore. Fishwater blonde. blonde. <laughs> <laughs> so all the ladies were very upset about that. It's going to be a, a season for Danny where hopefully she starts to make some plans to take this Iron Throne. I mean, yeah, she has. Because she's gathering an army, but at some point you got to move west. Yeah, it's like, I mean, just travel time wise, it'll take her just as long to go west as it did east, you would think. Or, or well, it's not true because she'll have ships and she was on foot. I just think good things come to those who wait. And, you know, we started with her in a very different situation in the series. And she's even gone to much more meager situations than that. I mean, she was with her people basically starving and dying of thirst in the in the desert for so long in the wastes and and now she's here so i feel like it's progress on a grand scale comparatively speaking to the time that she spent no you're right and dragons have to grow she's not going to go over there unless she can probably sit atop one of them and they're not in a place to do that right now gosh travel by dragon <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Sounds good. We're going to be introduced to even and some characters that may resurface that haven't shown their faces for a bit of time. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but I know we did ask on Twitter the listeners to share with us what they are most looking forward to about season four. Would you like to do the honors, Eric? I will do the honors. Here is uh, or here are some tweets from our listeners as to what they're looking forward to. In season four. Break it down for us. Yeah. First up, we have Westerosian Potter, who says, A very special royal wedding, and also the new places in the opening sequence. Oh, we got an opening sequence fan. You know that's always fun, seeing a completely mm -hmm. new, seeing the camera go in a completely different direction, and having a new, you know, uh, stick fort be built up. <laughs> stick fort. <laughs> Or Dreadport. I counted two. So thank you for sending that in, Westeros and Potter. The next one is from Mikal, um, who says the Lannister. Oh, this is a quote. The Lannisters are not the only ones who pay their debts. That uh, That's, of course, from one of the previews. Uh, hashtag all men must die. Tori Targaryen. Wonder what she's going to say. Uh, to begin with, Lannisters, Starks, Dragons, and the Red Viper. Season four will be a curious one. Wonder how it will sit with people. 
hmm, so there's some doubt here that uh, perhaps this season is a little different from all the others in a in a possibly misunderstood way. Or maybe she's being mysterious, mm. trying to mislead you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, the most misleading thing comes in our next tweet from Erica, who seems to have somehow found... How do you do an emoticon that's a princess with a tiara? She did it. I don't know how she did it on Twitter, but she did it. Well, is she the same person who did the camel, or did you, did you do that? No, the cam- somebody else did the camel, unless it's the same person. Why that's is it my- so big in the document? Is it this big on Twitter? I it looks wonderful. It <laughs> it's, it's, it's just wonderful. Anyway, Erica uh, says to us, I can't wait to watch Danny and her dragons continue to conquer. She's such a bad a- bitch. Uh, asterisk bitch. Bad asterisk. Ram Dent. I wonder if that's Ramsey Dent says, since all her other scenes have been sad, I can't wait for Sansa to have some positive scenes. Also, Lannister interaction. I agree. Um, specifically, Cersei and uh, Jamie. I'm looking forward to. And Ramden, you put a winky face inside of uh, parentheticals there. I like that. Yeah, that ruins the smiley face. <laughs> I, I see it. It's not a double chin winky. I can see what he's doing <laughs> with, a, with a very contoured hat on. <laughs> That's a contoured hat. <laughs> What I was just going to say, though, is about Sansa. We know uh, that she's moving locations uh, based on trailers this year. And uh, I really liked in the first episode, and I'm not going to go into detail here, but I think in this season, you're really going to see a change in her. You're going to see just her overall perspective, her overall behavior. Um, She's been building to this over the last couple of seasons, and I think that she may become people's one of people's favorite characters. What? See, everybody said that from the beginning. They were like, "Sansa's such a badass." Maybe not at first, well, because but she you totally see her grow. She she's this whining little girl in you know the early parts of season one, and you know with the way she's treated by Joffrey. Uh, the you way know, she, she treats Arya. The way she treats Arya, um, but she's in, she's enamored with Joffrey, right, early on, yeah. and it causes her to act a certain way. But remember, she's, she's also, yeah. uh, you know, a teenager. And I think even though she's still a teenager, right, in theory, yeah. uh, as we go from season to season, she matures and she starts to very much become a player of the game, and she understands it a lot more. And I think a lot of that has to do with her being around Joffrey, being around Cersei. Um, you know, allying herself a little bit uh, with uh, the Tyrells, uh, her interactions with Baelish, who, you know, obviously we're going to see a bit more of this season. And I oh, think good. that it it makes her much more of a powerful character. And I'm looking forward to uh, her in season four. We heard from the Lady Ash, uh, who said, looking forward to seeing characters grow New locations. Lady Ash and I are on the same page. Characters growing. New locations, the royal wedding, and simply all of our reactions to season four. That's. Well, I would agree with that. I'm looking forward to the public reacting to this very much so. Just because I, I think it's wonderful that we all get to share this experience together all at the same time. And there's places like Wick and there's places like Goo and et cetera that are able to sort of channel some of that attention just for a moment. And then everyone gets their voice heard. So it's just, it's good fun. This Royal wedding, right? Another RW, uh, will it play out (laughs) the same way? Uh, question mark. But it seems like people, there's not as much of an anticipation, um, you know, it, the way that there was for the Red Wedding. And obviously, 
having knowing that the red wedding has come and passed and people have seen it there's reaction videos all this other stuff I, i'm i'm really surprised at that you know weddings have not been traditionally a very positive experience uh even even Tyrion and Sansa you know when he he wasn't tall enough to put the uh cloak around her neck and you know Joffrey kind of sat there and snickered and yeah. there was that infighting between the Lannisters during the ceremony afterwards right. uh, or the party afterwards uh, and so I'm I'm surprised that there hasn't been more talk about this wedding. More importantly than all the other weddings in the series so far, this is the royal wedding. So we can expect to see a large expanse of characters from many different places coming together in one place on one occasion and interacting with each other. So just the promise of that alone offers up the ability for so much to happen. If you really think about it, so much can really happen when all of these people are sort of smashed into one place at once. So and it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, exactly. And, and drinking and, and you know everything else that happens at a place like this. So it, it should be a fun time. Well, here's a, a, just a few more comments here than we got from Twitter. This one, this next one is from Sand Snake, who says, The arrival of the Dornish and leading them, Prince Oberyn Nimeros, 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 I'm going to go Nimerios, not, no, Mm-mm. Martell. Nope. There you go. Uh, Akin says, Looking forward to a new badass soundtrack from Ramin Jawadi. Then we heard from Joe, who says, Definitely the Red Viper. And hopefully getting some questions answered from the books about Tywin. Sorry, I can't be more specific. Thanks, Joe. Don't apologize. You know, we heard from uh, Alicia Seymour, who says, I'm looking most forward to a specific scene in the royal wedding. Cannot wait. Uh, we heard from Exeter, who says, The North Remembering <laughs> and Angry Egret. You know, we hear all the time, The North Remembers, The North Remembers. Is this the season where we finally see it happen? Hmm, don't know. Have to watch and see. Okay. And Exeter also tweeted us and said, oh, and everybody's favorite combo of Arya and her puppy. Disney film. Th- they could do a comedy uh, off spin. I feel like we said about every... No, like, those two, we'll, we'll talk more about it uh, afterwards, uh, you know, after we see the premiere. One of the characters that has been really a question mark in terms of just what the hell is he up to uh, is Littlefinger, right? I mean... True. He's been a power player since season one, uh, him and Varys, and we're still not sure what their end game is. You know, what is their big plan? And I think, you know, as this season plays itself out, we will learn more about Littlefinger, both about his history, uh, you know, where he comes from, uh, as well as, you know, what is it that he's ultimately looking to achieve here? Kevin Lysander on Twitter tweeted us, and he said, uh, he's one of my favorite characters, and I can't wait to see how the show will adapt his material. A lot of fans out there obviously looking forward to seeing just how Baelish will be worked into this ever-expanding story uh, that we're seeing on screen. I'm just ready to see him again in the show. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's always there. He's always in the background with a like a smirk, you know? And, and his hands crossed planning stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, I uh, I took a quiz earlier this oh, week, gosh. and I was put into House Baelish. <laughs> I took one, too. Oh, no. I got Captain Picard, though, so a little uh, different. What? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was so happy. Oh, my gosh, because those questions were so difficult. I'm but, sure it wasn't the yeah. same quiz. <laughs> no. I, it could have been, though, honestly. <laughs> Baelish and Jean-Luc Picard. Also, on Twitter, Aaron May tweets toward us just one word. Well, actually, two, but one that is important. Brienne always 
And so I guess this raises the point that we will get to see Brienne and what's happened to her and Jamie after all of this has been resoluted, if that's a word. Resolved. Yes, there we go. Resolved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Jamie back in King's Landing uh, interacting with his family uh, for the first time. Uh, we saw him with Cersei towards the end of season three and how all these relationships are going to play themselves out, especially now that he is down a hand and really can't serve in the same kind of capacity, uh, at least currently, uh, that he used to, um, being a member of uh, the Kingsguard. So Jamie is in a unique situation, and Brienne is in King's Landing too, and she's trying to make good on a promise that she made to Catelyn. Uh, whether or not Catelyn's dead, let's see if that plays into it. Uh, you know, and, and will she still feel the need to fulfill her duty? Uh, and a lot of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's so much still has to play itself out here. Well, there's just an interesting twist there because their mission, the thing that Jamie did agree to was basically to release the Stark girls back to their family. And now one of the Stark girls is married to his brother. So with them arriving back at King's Landing and us finally getting to see what happens, I think not only the exchanges between just Brienne and Jamie because they've been through so much. So I kind of feel like they're going to be such good friends because they've been through so much. It's kind of like Bronn and Tyrion and his shit that happened in the Vale. It's like we've gone through some danger together, and because of all of that, um, in the midst of all these other people who are so politically driven, I think that we can connect on a totally different level. So not only seeing him with his family, but seeing, I guess, part of his new family around him while all this is happening, because he's a changed guy. I predict that Jamie and Brienne will adopt Sansa. <laughs> it seems like the perfect marriage of... of um... What was I going to say the, the the of the vow that they they all took, you know? Um, Brienne promised to get Sansa to safety. Jamie agreed to be traded for her, and Brienne and Jamie along the route happened to fall for each other a little bit. Um, and so I think that's what's going to happen. Well, everyone on Twitter is excited about the Red Viper. We all know that Oprah Martell is going to make his appearance finally, and that's beautiful and great. But TV boss on Twitter is excited about something else that we haven't necessarily brought up yet. He says the wedding of Joffrey and Marjorie. That's what he's looking forward to. But he thinks she will own Cersei after that. And that's something we haven't thought about yet with Marjorie being the actual queen once this is said and done. Right. You know, because what happens to Cersei once Joffrey gets married and there's a new queen that's giving food to the city? She's not going to last very long. It's very clear that uh, they don't have a great relationship. And it was pointed out just in the exchanges between the two of them last season. Uh, there's no love lost there. And Cersei's not looking forward to being... Uh, a mother-in-law, right, to uh, to Marjorie, and <laughs> right. it's clear that the Queen of Thorns uh, does not really have a high opinion of many of the Lannisters, with the, I th with the exception of maybe uh, Tyrion. I think she likes Tyrion. or Tywin. I think she has respect for Tywin. I don't know if she really likes Tywin. Um, no, but but we did see the them going back and forth uh, with words, battling with words um, last season, where they were talking about arranging all these marriages. So Marjorie is going to be in a position of power, right? She's going to be queen of Westeros. And well, I just think after all said and done, it's going to be interesting to hear people call Cersei, lady Cersei, instead of your grace, <laughs> like that downgrade. We haven't got to quite see yet. It's going to be good. I think Tyrion's going to throw it in her face. It'll be brilliant. Uh, but uh, our good friend there also uh, tweeted us earlier. I didn't put his, his initial tweet in, which just said boobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
thought I thought this second tweet was a bit more thought That's through. implied. <laughs> it's a new yes. Game of Thrones season. There's going to be some new. So, but I I do have to say I like the way that uh, Amy Christina summed it up. She just says everything, all of it, the whole damn thing. I'm so pumped. Ditto, Amy. So we just spent all that time for no reason. Amy just summed up everything perfectly. We're really just going to now release an episode with just her tweet in it, and that's going to be your your companion for uh, today before the premiere. Did you guys just hear what Micah said? The premiere later this evening. Let's all remember that as this episode is waiting to a close. We wanted to come to you on this last day before it happened but know that after this is being finished after the music is done and after you may hear one or two outtakes that is it the next game of owns episode you will hear will be beginning on season four we have been reading you tweets which you can of course send in to us yourselves if you didn't do so already and i think this is a great time for eric to jump in and tell us all the different ways uh, that you can reach us here on Game of Owns. If it's on Twitter, you can tweet us at Game of Owns or find our Twitter news feed at twitter.com slash Game of Owns. On Facebook, you can scroll upon our wall. by Do so by going to facebook.com slash Game of Owns. And you can always contact us via, uh, via Raven or Owl or however that happens. Email at contact at gameofowns.com. Yes, and you can also leave us some feedback on iTunes. A nice little rate and review here in the month of April. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. So listeners can find our show and enjoy Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire, not just with us, but with all of you, right? I mean, that's that's what we're, we're all about here. We're all about being one big happy community. But... Um, Seriously, as the season starts to get underway later on tonight, uh, it's really a great way to let other fans know that we exist. So going on and giving a review helps us out, and we do really appreciate it. So I'm going to be nice here before the season begins. Oh, It's the beginning of a new month, beginning of a new season. I'm turning over a new leaf. Uh, we do have a couple reviews here. The last few reviews uh, before the season begins – so uh, these are very important because they are most likely the ones that people will see when they click on most recent reviews. If they do. If they do. Uh, <laughs> the first one comes from Ren Winchester, who uh, uses the title Awesome Job, and they say, really enjoying the podcast. Keep up the good work. Uh, Thanks, so Ren. Thank you for that uh, quick review. Black Eyed Lily says, uh, as season four of Game of Thrones draws near, I want to take the opportunity to praise the Game of Thrones podcast. They cover diverse topics within the Game of Thrones fan base and offer year-round opportunities to stay connected with Game of Thrones. I'm looking forward to following Game of Thrones season four show reviews with the Goo Gang. Goo Gang. <laughs> Goo Gang. And uh, finding out what they plan for the next Goo on season. I like that review. I do I like too. Goo gang. Goo gang. I think that's a five star review, don't you? Not not that she gave us five stars. I'm saying like her what she said is worth five stars. It's like she's someone's parent that works on the show and she's just giving us like a pep talk <laughs> before season four starts. I don't uh, think anyone here Eric. I don't think anyone's mom goes under the alias of Black Eyed Lily yet. Uh, weird. But I mean it's it's a very it's a very nice yes. review. We can't thank you enough. Very nice. Uh and finally Sir Oliver Black, who's titled his review. Imp slaps, owns, and Micah's threats. That's you. That is me. Uh, This podcast is pure awesomeness. I listened to three Game of Thrones podcasts, and this one is by far the best one. Well, thank you, Sir Oliver. The hosts are funny and engaging, and come on, and come on, what Game of Thrones podcast had Hodor on it? Five starts. 
Five stars. <laughs> yeah. Which is better than stars, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's like the grown-up version of yeah, stars. I like it. Five stars. Thank you, Sir Oliver Black, for your kind review. Well, I guess that's it, right? I mean... Hey, we're going to see you on the other side of season four. I'm glad to be here with you guys. It's the day that it's all happening. We got all of our friends listening at home or in their cars or at work when their bosses aren't watching. And it's just, it's special. It is. I just enjoy doing this. That That's the best part of it. I mean, I think we all do. Like, we all love getting together and, and recording this podcast. And we're here. I think we should count down to end the show. Can we have a group hug first? <laughs> we can have a group hug. All right, all right. Let's have a group hug, right? Everybody. Hug, yeah, it's a hug. It's kind <laughs> of right. like a hug. I'm hugging you, Eric. Do you hear me? Or do you, excuse me, do you feel me? I'm hugging I, you. I feel the warmth coming off your body. Micah? I do. I do. Oh, this is such a good hug. All right, are you ready to count down? <laughs> yes. Did, did the strings start playing yet? The strings are playing. These numbers have nothing to do with your personal countdown. You could be listening to this on Tuesday for all we know. But we're going to do it anyway. You ready, guys? All right, let's do it. From 10? From 5, because the music's short. Uh, Wait, no, we should probably do from 10, ready? 10. We'll get that damn violinist to play longer. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, Game of Thrones time. ended on one and then that's when it really that's when the music music goes yeah yeah